its furs from animals to humans, kills 10% of those it infects, panics financial markets? Is it real or is it Davos? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. Lately, though, you know how it is with UGA Sports. Basketball's on right after the show. We're only on till 3 o'clock today. We've got one hour, but as always, we are going to jam-pack more news into this hour more original news and insights than you hear all week long on your 24-7 cable news cycle or any other strictly mainstream media outlet. We're going to give you a better insight into what's happening. And the top story continues to be, week after week, the novel coronavirus. So there are a couple of updates. I'm sure you hear that there is a big Uh, coronavirus outbreak. It can range anywhere from mild flu-like symptoms to a fatal pneumonia. It's uh, ground zero is Wuhan, China. Factories have closed down. Retail outlets have closed down. It has disrupted trade and travel and financial markets. The latest count as of today is that there were 67,000 confirmed cases in China and 1,500 deaths. Now, two important things happened this week that impact that. One is, or two things, generally one impacts that, they changed how they were deciding whether somebody, how they were diagnosing it. Prior to this week, they were diagnosing novel coronavirus, 2019 novel coronavirus, based on lab tests that confirmed the presence of that particular microbe, which has been kind of DNA'd, and so they know what it looks like. Then... This week, they decided to allow doctors, for both because there was inaccuracies in those tests and also limitations on how quickly they could perform them, they decided to allow doctors to decide whether they were going to classify someone who presented any of these symptoms, mild flu-like symptoms, anywhere to severe pneumonia. The doctor can decide in the clinic if that person should be classified as having coronavirus. And a couple of things that motivated that policy change were really policy motives. One is that they all of a sudden had more capacity in their pop-up hospitals. So they have these like mass manufactured, almost prefab hospitals in, in China just popping up out of nowhere. And they have some extra capacity now. And they also want to have carte blanche or greater latitude in tracking you down and surveilling you and digging into your background and where you've been. And if they classify you as being a carrier or having this, then they can kind of suspend any kind of rules that would prevent them from digging into your background. Now, we another big change that happened this week. First, let me tell you, Binkley and I, Hi, Binkley. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. I'm happy and relatively healthy compared to what it sounds like is happening over there in Wuhan. You're not quarantined? Not quarantined, although I'm happy to self-quarantine in case anybody thinks that I need to be arrested. I'll do whatever you tell me. I'm going to behave. I'm signaling my willingness to cooperate right now so that I don't spark any kind of authoritative action. So what's been happening is if you don't self-quarantine, they make you quarantined for longer. This has happened in a couple of different areas. They'll give you 14 days, but if you don't cooperate, then they are going to flag you and you don't really know when you're getting out. So one thing is that we 
Binkley brought this to our attention a couple of weeks ago, actually right at the beginning of the latest really surge in media, that the World Economic Forum, and that's the Davos people, as well as the uh, Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Johns Hopkins, came out with a, a pandemic exercise, a live simulation in October, where they went through basically the exact scenario we are seeing unfolding all the way down to calling it the novel coronavirus, which would be the 2019 novel coronavirus because this live simulation ha happened in October and this emerged in November. So we're going to walk you through this Event 201, it was called. But one other development this week that I think points right to the fact that they don't really want us to be aware of this because the parallels go so deep. It's just it's very hard to take seriously the coincidence theorists who think that this was just a coincidence. They are just kooky. So the two. So now they change the name and they not only change the name, but they change the name in the U.S. and they change it to a different name in the U.K. from the articles I was reading. So in the U.S., they're no longer calling it the novel coronavirus like they did in Event 201. They're now calling it COVID-19, Coronavirus Disease 19. And in UK, they're calling it SARS-CoV-2, which is a severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus number two. So it's SARS number two. So that it just gets very confusing, especially when there isn't a lot of news about this event 201. It's going to get harder and harder to really debunk the debunkers who say it's not really true. But in any case, we're going to get to that. But I want, but there is another development this week that Binkley, you have been really following. I have not been following it so much. Can you give us an update? Actually, they said at the top of the hour news about the Diamond Princess cruise ship. Can you just give us a couple of uh, highlights about that story? Also known as the Voyage of the Damned, I've read. Oh, I actually, the Wall Street Journal has it as uh, fear, boredom aboard the virus cruise. The virus cruise. The virus cruise. That's a new marketing thing. Yeah, let's go on the virus cruise. That's a reality television show waiting to happen. <laughs> there are 67 additional passengers that have been quarantined today because they tested positive, bringing the total to 286 so, but what is this? Where did this ship come from? Like, who is it a U.S. ship and it came out of China? Where is it? The ship is anchored off of the coast of Japan and it cruised around in the infected region. And it's been there for a while, right? It's been there for almost two weeks. In fact, they were reaching day 14 of the quarantine point, except last night over the intercom system on the ship, the passengers were told that because there have been so many people infected, they might have to stay longer than anticipated. You and I talked about that possibility. We were wondering if somebody gets diagnosed on day 13, if it's a 14-day quarantine, does everybody then have to reset? I mean, that could happen forever, kind of. Yeah, and on top of that, the United States is sending ships over there to extract the American passengers on board, which there's like 380 of, I believe. But... They're, they're giving the offer to, so they might not all do it, because if they get on board, then when they get back here to the United States, they have to be quarantined again for another two weeks, so they have to balance, are, am I going to get out of here soon, or do I want to go home? Yeah, so that's I've noticed that. There's this 
recurring theme that if you take the voluntary measure to the last day, you will be treated better than if you kind of get antsy and want to go sooner. And actually, Dean just tweeted that they made that at one of these ships, I think they let somebody off prematurely who then came down with the disease. And I must say, I I read an article yesterday in the activist post that said that a Yale study suggests that there could be a 24-day incubation period, which would mean that they have been treating it wrong for so long that a lot of people could be out here in the world having engaged in international travel that might create this kind of second wave, a surge. Yeah, they could they could help create the pandemic if 380 people are coming home and the testing measures haven't been accurate. About 30% of the people tested on the ship have tested positive. I think 700 or so had been tested. Wow, and there's a couple of thousand people on that ship, yeah, right? Yeah, two, between two and 3,000. And, well, yeah. mm-hmm. and if 380 come back to the States, and then if 30% of those test positive, I don't know that they will, but right. it is raising but, potential so complications. So here's the thing. Here's why that particular thing is so interesting to me, is that Event 201, which there's no way we could even begin to cover how crazy this story is that the that these powers that be and let me just say anybody who thinks who says like oh you and your quote they you and your conspiracy theories who are they well let me just tell you who they are in this case they are the world economic forum johns hopkins and the bill and melinda gates foundation who got together 15 people leaders from governments national governments, international organizations, and global business from NBC to Johnson & Johnson to the CDC of China was involved in this. So there's just 15 people, and one of them was the head of the CDC of China, George Gao, who's leading the charge here. Another guy, not of that 15, but one of the guys involved is Mike Ryan, a a WHO exec in charge of this, also on the front line of this real coronavirus. But what they, but what, one of the things that, so, so just to be clear what they are, they, these 15 people under the uh, leadership of the World Health Organization, of, of uh, the World Economic Forum, the Davos guys, are getting together to talk about what you would do in a pandemic, how you would get international organizations from governments to foundations, faith-based leadership, any kind of organization, social media, everything like that, to institute protocols and policies, including mass censorship and uh, financial stimulus, everything like that, with an emphasis on the fact that you cannot count on national governments or the democratic process to do it right and do it fast, and this is how you can get around that. that, This is they. This is the world globalism they who want to set the terms of how we live, and they use things like this as an excuse to implement such practices, and in their Event 201, it was simulated, but now these same people are bringing forward these same policies and stressing out these same systems in an, a manner that is so similar to their simulation that I find it hard to believe. And we're going to play you some clips that'll emphasize what we're talking about. But like I said, we're not going to get through it all today. But what Binkley and I do every single day is we do a daily podcast. It's called the Drive Time News Blast, but you can find it on a podcast feed 
under our kind of overarching name, Propaganda Report, or you can go to our website, thepropreport.com. And we do 30 minutes every day of news. We've been covering this as it's been breaking. And we give it to you from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice, which is a nice change of pace if you're just sitting around watching Fox or CNN around the clock. We give you all that news, but from a better perspective. So you should check that out. And actually, I know, Binkley, that you love to collect all the uh, all the accolades we get. And I think people echo that sentiment that it's really it's um, uh, worth at least checking out what you give me a, like maybe something good that people say that you have in your list. I have one here from JJ Boogie that says one of a kind podcast, the most unique current events podcast out there that discusses politics and current events. All right. Well, it certainly does. And you can find it at thepropreport.com. But we're going to finish up with lots and lots of insights into what they are using this disease, whether it's a crisis they created or a crisis they simply cannot let go to waste and anticipated. We're going to get back to that right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I have a prize pack for you. A pair of tickets to see the Rolling Stones on July 9th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, but... You can get those free tickets if you are the first to call the prize pack hotline, 404-741-0750. I always see the Stones every tour. I even went to Prague a couple of years ago to see them because I thought it might be the end for them. But they are uh, back and better than ever, probably. Pretty good. They're always pretty good. So uh, that you can get that at Ticketmaster.com or get the prize pack now. Also... So I was telling you about Binkley and I do a podcast and it's people love it. You can get it at the Propaganda Report. I also we should probably start doing videos. I think we're going to. But I did a video recently just last week with Dave Smith, who people might know. He's sometimes a guest on Fox News on Kennedy. He's a super hardcore libertarian. He has a show called Part of the Problem. So if you want to put a face to my voice, you can check out his latest YouTube video. It's episode 546. And I pretty much give an overview of how I see things, how I, how I see what who the they are, and especially what I think is really going on with the 2020 election cycle. So that should be interesting if you want to check that out. It's part of the problem. And... What we're talking about today, and I want to play some clips that I think really point out that whether this crisis is this coronavirus is, if there's any kind of weird backstory here, if what you see is not what you're getting, it doesn't matter. It is very clear the agenda that the powers that be are going to try to serve with this crisis, including using any kind of conspiracy theories that might emerge about what's really going on to their advantage. These guys aren't uh, on top for nothing, rather clever, but we're going to pull back the curtain as far as we can in the half hour we have remaining. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk.
I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. I'm only on until 3 today because of UGA basketball. But if you want to hear what we have to say, my producer Binkley and I co-host a daily podcast with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. And we did it because we wanted it and we couldn't find it. So we did it ourselves and people are bananas for it, I must say. It's uh, under the banner of the Propaganda Report. So you can go to your favorite podcast feed and find the Propaganda Report. Or you can go to our website, thepropreport.com. And uh, maybe at the end of this segment, Binkley, you can read one of our many glowing testimonials. Unless you have one handy, go ahead, tell people. Yeah, I got one handy right now. Ron says, great thought-provoking show. I have heard the show casually on weekends over the last few months on WSB and have now found the podcast. I love hearing opinions that attempt to look a step deeper into what is disseminated by the mass media on either side of the political spectrum, rather than just tuning in to hear what agenda-based packaged talking points the host on either side think that I want to hear. Great show, guys. I'm always checking in for the new content. Keep it coming. Wow. Well, that is exactly what we're going for. And unless you've been listening for the the last half hour, you might not know what people are loving about it. So we will kind of get to it right now and tell people that uh, the kind of pulling back the curtain that we do. And this week, the top story is the coronavirus. And it has been for a while, but what you see is not necessarily what you get. So the, the official narrative is... This uh, virus started in Wuhan, China. It has mild flu-like symptoms, but could actually cause fatal pneumonia that the Chinese government suppressed information about it, which made the approach to keeping it at bay harder. And perhaps that's why it spread out. One of the big things is that a lot of people are saying it was a bioweapon or floating conspiracy theories out. Now, that raised a red flag for me because the World Economic Forum and Johns Hopkins and Bill and Melinda Gates did this thing called Event 201 one month before this virus actually came out. It was a virus with the same name. And one of the problems they tried to correct was that misinformation and conspiracy theories were so dangerous they were preventing government and health officials from addressing the problem. So loose lips were costing lives and that it was justifying censorship and they needed to bring in social media to start censoring content, taking down sites. We see this stuff happening right now. If you go and look at the Event 201 website and you see all the things they did and what they recommended, you can then go to just the Wikipedia page for this novel coronavirus and you will see the same thing down to almost verbatim. Google, Facebook, and Twitter agree to take down misinformation about coronavirus and any sites that promote that. It's really uncanny. But we don't have time to get through all that. It's like days and days of material. But you did, you found some stuff you cut for us, right, Binkley? What, what, what is it? Where did it come from? And, uh, and let's hit it. These clips came from the Event 201 simulation. In the simulation, they did live staff briefings, moderated discussions, and pre-recorded news broadcast that sound eerily similar to the ones we've heard the past few weeks. I, yes, I heard some of these, and uh, and they were so well delivered that you realize that when people are reading the news, they'll read it the same, whether it's 
true or not or whatever. Like it, this just sounds like a newscaster reading a piece of paper in front of her. I think let's hear the let's hear the first one that you sent me, clip eight. Serious respiratory disease. More than half of the recognized cases have required hospital care, creating a huge strain on healthcare systems. The fatality rate is about 10%. For comparison, CAPS is about as lethal as SARS and two to four times more lethal than the 1918 influenza pandemic, the worst pandemic on record. Even so, some people only exhibit mild flu-like symptoms, not requiring treatment in a hospital. Alarmingly, those people are able to walk around and spread the virus, not realizing they are doing so. Even worse, international travelers have been arriving at their destination symptom-free, but within a matter of hours, becoming ill. Travel-related cases have blossomed into outbreaks in a number of locations and have quickly grown faster than health authorities could respond and contain them. Okay, so this is from the live simulation. This is not the actual novel coronavirus that started to be reported in November, but this is from a simulated one from the Davos people in October, right? Yeah. I mean, the parallels are uncanny. That is just the beginning of them. But a few things she mentioned in there, which I found an article just, I mean, just noodling through some articles. One was from the University of Minnesota Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy. And they talk about that this is an 11% fatality rate compared to the fake one, which was 10%, that it has a 2.2% r0 whatever that means it's 2.2 like where you're sick you can infect 2.2 people she said for the fake one it was 2.0 they say it is more infectious than the 1918 flu pandemic she says it is two to four times more infectious or deadlier whatever she says i mean the the parallels are really scary and other things are that it went from animals to their handlers then to healthcare workers then to the population in general it came from international travel it has mild flu symptoms which allow people to walk around spreading it around occasionally it's fatal until so well that's just the beginning i could i can't go on and on about it but do you have anything about that before we move on to the second clip which i you could plug that news broadcast in right into the news and people I was a little nervous. As it was playing, I was nervous that people listening to this station right now would think that that was a real broadcast. However, it wouldn't matter because it's the exact same information. Yeah. Like, it's not even disseminated. Like, oh, people are panicking, war of the world kind of thing, you know? But it doesn't because it is exactly what they're saying anyway. So, but so that so that clip was her saying that was like during the experiment, as if that were a newscast. And then at the end, that same woman kind of recaps the conclusion of the entire exercise and talks a little bit about that. Now, here's what I'm worried about: I'm worried that if if the powers that be can manipulate stuff, or really. Really, all I think this is, I don't even know about the epidemiology or the infectiousness or or any of that. The novelness of this, I don't know any of that, and it doesn't matter. Because really, it's the propaganda, it's the information they're spreading around that's causing panic, that allows people to accept 
these uh, this withdrawal of rights, this totalitarianism, censorship. It doesn't matter true or false. It just matters if people are believing this or if it's justified so that people don't really resist it. So this is what she says is going to happen next. I mean, in the simulation at this point, if we are in six months or three months or whatever into the simulation, this is what she says as she looks back on the simulation of how how it progressed. Now, this is the thing that kind of scares me. Let's hear it. Clip nine. The outcome of the CAPS pandemic in event 201 was catastrophic. 65 million people died in the first 18 months. The outbreak was small at first and initially seemed controllable, but then it started spreading in densely crowded and impoverished neighborhoods of megacities. From that point on, the spread of the disease was explosive. Within six months, cases were occurring in nearly every country. The global economy was in a free fall. The GDP down 11 percent. Stock markets around the world plummeted between 20 and 40 percent and headed into a downward cycle of fear and low expectation. Businesses were not borrowing. Banks were not lending. Everyone was just hoping to hunker down and weather the storm. Economists say the economic turmoil caused by such a pandemic will last for years, perhaps a decade. The societal impacts, the loss of faith in government, the distrust of news, and the breakdown of social cohesion could last even longer. I mean, that is is so much that kind of scares me. There's an article in Foreign Policy about spreading conspiracy theories about the the coronavirus and how Russia does it and how authoritarian controls are being put in to wrangle it and how those controls are going to be abused that sounds exactly like that clip we just listened to well and those two and two of the th- or several of the things she's talking about really play into what i see as a different as as agenda items across the board anyway the two things being uh it's the democracy and the economy and this is what i mean the economy she says gdp goes down the stock market crashes money stops and I before I heard that or any or the coronavirus was even a blip on my radar, I expected it looks to me just the way the economy is, the the maturity of our expansion and how low, unprecedentedly low our rates are for this. I think that the powers that be who have a lot of control over this want to get Trump back in. So they want to stimulate long enough to get him in but there's only so much they can do i mean they don't have a lot of tools left to use their keynesian methods so we've got to have a crash i think because the 2008 crash wasn't really fully vetted through the system and i thought they were going to blame trump for it but they can blame this for it and preserve their own reputation as as fed manipulators federal reserve manipulators actually having some value instead of this being the moment of truth for them that the 2008 economic crisis is going to come home to roost they can blame it on trump they can blame it on trade they can blame it on china they can now blame it on the coronavirus and justify massive inflationary money printing and then the other thing that i've noticed over and over again as we see more talk about foreign election interference and all that is that when she's talking about how this kind of thing will destroy faith in government, faith in the media, and undermine society at its very core, that plays right into anti-government protests, election integrity issues, all of the stuff that I've been highlighting as, and you have too, as undermining 
our system and playing into the hands of what Michael Chertoff and his crew said they wanted, which is a fundamental restructuring of our legal architecture. And I would say starting with how we choose representatives and how they represent us. Yeah, they want to get a global unit to take care of health worldwide. That's what I got from a foreign policy article that sounds a lot like these yes. simulations. And that makes me think of something. I, I think it was John Mearsheimer. I don't want to say for sure because I can't. It's been a long, long time. But he was on a Conversations with History or somebody like that, like a big globalist kind of deep state kind of guy saying a long time ago that we needed socialized medicine for the information. And That's that what they needed- say. Yeah, you need it for the information. And they say we need the information for the pandemic, but they it's not it. It's they, they use the pandemic and the health stuff as an excuse to really monitor us inside and out. I mean, that's what's happening here. And divide and conquer us because people go into their corners and it increases xenophobia, all kind of conflict. It's funny because Event 201, the simulation actually talked about racism and xenophobia and how minority populations were being looked at with distrust and skepticism. That's exactly what's happening here. I mean, it's really interesting. I have to just give us um, props where props are due. Spiro Skouris on BitChute put out a great video, which I just tweeted, that pulls a lot of clips, I'm sure it was a lot of work, on the censorship elements of their agenda. And we are see- it's worth watching because we are seeing that happen right now. But we'll also talk about this, continuing to talk about this as it unfolds. I don't think we're anywhere near the end of this crisis when we do our propaganda reports every day, which people can listen to whenever they want, actually, right now, if you want. But uh, let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We have one more clip from Event 201, the live simulation of the novel coronavirus that front ran the actual reporting of a novel coronavirus by one month. So this was from October 2019. The World Economic Forum put this on. I think it is worth squeezing in. Let's hear clip number... Mm, Six. One thing we haven't spoken about, and I'm wondering whether it's time to talk about this, is uh, a step up from the part of the governments on enforcement actions against fake news. My team has been monitoring the public response, um, and on various social media channels and cable networks, there's been uh, some conspiracy theories that are around about uh, the potential that pharmaceutical companies or the UN have released this for their own benefit. So as we move forward, obviously trust in pharmaceuticals and government is very important at this moment. And so as we okay. move forward uh, with developing the right um, scenarios, we have to make sure that the public communication is a, is a major part of that because of these conspiracy theories. So this is, these guys are coming up with real agenda items, real policy recommendations for when there is a real pandemic. And now we are told there is a real pandemic. And uh, I think we need to watch as this story unfolds and kind of don't you don't allow them to tell you you need to give up your rights, give up your protections because for your own good. Never fall for it. Even if the crisis is real, keep defend your protections to the end. We'll be back next week. This is Monica Perez.